In today's rapidly changing world, we all have questions and we all want answers. It's on this program that we get our answers from the Word of God. It's time for another episode of A Relevant Word with longtime pastor and best-selling author, Carl Gallup. Welcome to another Relevant Word with Pastor Carl Gallups, senior pastor since 1987 along the Gulf Coast of Florida. Welcome, Carl. Thank you, Kevin. It's good to be here with you. Over over the many years and for, you know, sermons and conferences and whatnot, you've spoken many times about how we are living in prophetic days. And we've heard that that our whole lives, like these days are prophetic days. Yeah, yeah. But really, it's not... It, not like not like we're living here now, and you're you're That's going right. to explain how it's all com- coming together. Well, yeah, and and some people that are listening right now may be saying to themselves, "Well, you know, every generation has said right. something like that." It's, Look how prophetic the days are. Well, because from the fall in the garden. To the closing words of Revelation, that's the history of mankind, most of it foretold. A lot of it we can look back and see how it's worked since the Garden of Eden, the flood, and everything that's come since then. But it goes right into the to the distant future, maybe not so distant now, but right into the last pages of Revelation. So it tells us where why it's so messed up, <laughs> how history and nations and war and murder and bloodshed and all of these things, where did all that come from and all the perversion and it just the everything's turned upside down. The Bible tells us, and it tells us where it's all headed, and we follow it through all the way to Jesus on the cross, the birth of the church, with the resurrection, the birth of the church, the preaching of the gospel, and now the world bursting into these various ages of technological explosions, and and now you know world wars and all of these things, and they're foretold in the Word of God, and then we get right on down to the Book of Revelation, and it brings us right to where we're headed. So the point I made with all of that is we've always lived in prophetic times. Although, I mean, before the flood, there were prophecies. The world's coming to an end with a great flood. Here's my ship. Get on it if you want to, Noah said. Okay, so those were prophetic times. Right. And you can go right on through the scriptures. So yes, people have always had this ominous feeling that something is deeply spiritual about this life we're living. Something's deeply prophetic at all times. But the, but the exact statement that I've made for several decades now, from my pulpit, from conferences, in books, and a lot of media that I have done and do, um, is this. I've, I've, I've narrowed it down. I've boiled it down to this succinct statement. We are now living in the most prophetic time since the first coming of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay, now what do I mean by that? Well, a lot of the prophecies of the Old Testament are about three big booms of prophecy. Uh, the first big boom is that uh, Messiah is on the way. Messiah is on the way. That, was, that goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden, chapter th- Genesis three f- fifteen. God's telling Satan, he said, look, he said, I'm going to bring from the womb of a woman, imagine that, uh, a, a male child who will crush your head, destroy your kingdom. That's the first prophecy ever given in the third book of Gen- the third chapter of Genesis. So, so it starts there. And then it moves forward all the way through the Old Testament. We have all these prophecies about the coming of Christ. Where be born? Micah 5, Bethlehem. You know, the things he would do, where he would start his ministry. Isaiah 9, along the shores of Galilee, from Zebulon and Naphtali, where the tribes settled. And that's exactly uh, the Judean foothills, Galilee. That's where it all happened. He will open the eyes of the blind. Well, he did. He will cause the lame to walk. Yeah, he did that. He will cause the deaf to hear. Yes, he will deliver those in darkness out. He will set them free. Yes, he drove demons out of people. All of that was told. 
and then right into what he would do, that he would go to a cross, Psalm 22, he was pierced for our transgressions. Oh, that's Isaiah 53, uh, bruised for our iniquity. Psalm 22, they have pierced my hands and my feet. Zechariah chapter 12, and on that day you will look upon me whom you have pierced. I mean, in Zechariah 13, and on that day a fountain will be opened in Jerusalem, and whoever gets underneath its flood will lose all of their sins. I mean, it's, so all of that was foretold all the way through to the very last book, the book of Malachi, Right up, the Lord whom you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple, and who will be able to stand in his presence? They were looking for Messiah, looking for Messiah. Boom, it happened. Around 30 AD, his ministry started somewhere right in there, 30, 31, 32. And I say that because calendars have changed so much. So there's a little discrepancy on the exact year. But the bottom line is, and then that was the first big boom of prophecy. They were looking for Messiah. Here he comes. He goes to the cross. He rises from the dead. The church is born. The Holy Spirit is given. The gospel is being preached. So that's the first boom. The third boom, and you say, well, what about the second one? I'm going to come back. That's what we're going to deal with today. The third boom is the last pages of Revelation. Boom. He has returned. It's all over. Everything is made new. That's a prophecy. That's a big boom. And the Old Testament says the same thing all the way through. It speaks of the very last days, God making everything new. Book of Isaiah does that. And 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 paradise restored. Okay? So first boom, coming of Messiah. Second, I mean, third boom, the end of days, and everything restored. All right? That's really the whole word of God from Genesis to Revelation sandwiched in between is history, his story, the story of our lives, the story of what God's doing to restore us to him. But what's the second boom of prophecy? Well, the second boom is what I call the countdown clock. It's when it begins ticking towards the third boom, which is the return of Jesus. What is that? Throughout the Old Testament are the prophecies not only of the coming of Jesus Christ, the first coming, and the second coming. In the Old Testament, it speaks of his second coming. But not only that, but it also speaks of before Jesus returns, the nation of Israel will return. That's the second boom. There are three big booms of prophecy. The first coming of Jesus, the nation of Israel restored right before his second coming, and then the second coming. Those are the three booms. We are the only generation to be alive to have ever seen or witnessed or experienced the, the second coming of Israel, if you will. Mm-hmm. It, it has come back to the land. And God says in Isaiah 49, Ezekiel 38, and Ezekiel 39, I have done this. Also in um, uh, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 32, he says, I have done these things so that you will know that I am God, and beside me there is no other. In other words, he's saying, when you see this impossible thing, this nation that's been gone for 2,400 years, come back to the Middle East in power and strength, and the other nations around it are trembling, and they're mad, and they, and they, and they want it gone, and they want to destroy it. When you see this happen, then you will know that this thing, you know, I'm going to say that we call the Bible is the Tanakh in the Old Testament for the Old, uh, uh, in Hebrew for the Old Testament. When you see this happen, as only foretold here, then you will know the countdown clock is starting, and you will know that I am God. Think of the name of any God you want. You can talk about, you know, any of the gods of all the religions, and, and none of them has dared to say that this people who were scattered to the ends of the earth, been gone for 2,400 years, are going to come back one day to the very same land with the very same language, the very same writing, the very same strength, the very same power they had when they left. And they're going to come back 2,400 years later? That's impossible. 
up, but it's happened, and only in our lifetime. So I'm just saying we're living in the midst of that second big boom. I mean, 2,000 years ago he came, yeah, that's the first big boom. But just since 1948 has the second boom happened. That's in our historical lifetime. Even young people that are listening right now, you know, there may be somebody right now listening who's 15 years old saying, well, that's ancient history to me. Well, to your little life it is. Even to my little life it's, it's ancient history. But it's always been here in your 15 years. It's always been here in my so many years. I'm too embarrassed to tell you how old I am. It's, it's only been here for that little bit of time in the in in the face of 6 to 10,000 years of human history and 2400 2500 years since it's been gone it's only been here in just a little pinpoint of time which encompasses our life you're listening to my voice then you're one of them it's happened in our lifetime that Israel has returned and God says when it does you'll know the countdown clock has started all right now what do you mean it started well think about it when Israel returned, those of those that were still alive in 1948 or 49 or 50, they watched all of that news coverage on black and white television with three major stations. And to get the film footage from what was happening in the Middle East back and put it on the news was several days of delay. I, I mean, that was the technology of the day. In these short years, look where we are. Right after Israel was born, or right before it, excuse me, nuclear technology. That's how World War II was ended. What what happened with nuclear technology? Out of it, out of the ashes, Israel's born. Now nuclear technology. We've got submarines and aircraft carriers powered by nuclear. We've got power facilities all over the world powered by nuclear technology. The nuclear age brought us into now, into the technological age, the computer age, the quantum computer age, the DNA mapping of of, of the human genome, uh, the CERN, uh, Hadron Collider. I mean, I mean, just go on and on. Now quantum computing is on the other side of it. The storage of information that is astronomically Beyond anything anybody could have ever dreamed has only happened in the last 10, 15 years of me speaking right now. Mm-hmm. So all of that started. The countdown clock literally started with the return of Israel. Boom, boom, boom. The first boom, Jesus comes. The second boom prophesied in the Old Testament, Israel would return. The third boom is the coming of Jesus. All right, now, these are the most prophetic times since the first coming of Jesus. We're almost at the side where we need to go to the other side of the break. But but so let me just wrap it down here and say that when we come back, I've got three or four more that are not as big as Israel returning because that was hugely prophesied. But the other things I'm going to say were prophesied as well to correspond, to converge with that. And they're here. And again, we are the only generation to be seeing them, living in them, using the effects of those prophecies in our own life so much so that most of us don't even know it's happening. We don't, we don't even think about it. We don't even think about it as being prophetic. So when I say we're living the most prophetic time since the first coming of Jesus, that's why people say, oh, yeah, people have always said that. Well, I hope that so far, even in this first segment, you've got a perspective of what that means. Yeah, they've always said it, but they didn't always know what they were talking about. Now we're living in it, and I'm trying to help you understand what we're talking about. And after the break, we'll get into a deeper dive. Even deeper. Into how these truly are prophetic days that we're living in. It's a relevant word with Pastor Carl Gallops, and we'll return right after the break. 
For more on Pastor Carl or to listen to his podcast anytime, visit carlgallops.com. For more on Pastor Carl or to listen to his podcast anytime, visit carlgallops.com. Welcome back to Irrelevant Word with Pastor Carl Gallops. And Pastor, in segment number one, we talked about these big markers that truly show that today and the days we're living in now are truly prophetic. Like no other generation. That's right. We are living in those times. But now... It's an even deeper dive right. into why these truly are prophetic days. Even deeper dive. They, I mean, the only generation before us that was living in the equivalent of the prophetic times we're living in was the generation that saw the coming of Jesus Christ, saw him on Calvary, saw him resurrected from the dead, saw the ascension, saw the birth of the church. I mean, all of those things were foretold, yes, in the Old Testament, the Tanakh in many places, and they happened in their lifetime, and they were going, oh my gosh. In fact, Peter writes about it in Second Peter. He says, you know, and he was the first pastor of the first church in downtown Jerusalem after it was, the church was born. He said, now, now we have the word of God made more certain. Now we understood that the prophets knew that they weren't talking about their own day. They were talking about our day. And then he goes on to say, even the angels longed to look into these things. In other words, the prophets and the angels didn't even know every detail of what God was doing. Only at God's throne did he know. And so when it happened and all those prophecies converged on the New Testament people, they said, with the leadership of their pastor, said, oh, my gosh, the word of God is true. <laughs> I mean, of course, they believed it. But I mean, it's like now they're living in it. And what I'm trying to do is to wake up the church to understand we are in the exact same position, except not the first coming, but the second coming's on the way. And it's marked by the countdown clock of the most prolific prophecy in the scriptures other than the coming of Messiah. And that is the return of Israel to the land in the last days that marks the countdown clock. So I already did that in the first segment, but now let's get into this. So now that we know that that started the countdown clock and we're just decades away from that. So what are some of the other biblical prophecies that converge with all of that? Well, here they are. The prophet Daniel in Daniel chapter 12, verse 4, prophesied that the last days would be an explosion of technology. I've done another show on this sometime in the past, and so I'll just repeat a little bit of it here. Plus, I've written a whole book about this and so much more that ties into what I'm saying. It's it's called the Yeshua Protocol, and people can pick that up anywhere good books are sold and from my website. But the bottom line is, Daniel 12, 4, scholarship agrees, the vast majority of scholars agree, and the Hebrew language agrees. When Daniel says, when, when, the, when the angel of God says to Daniel, seal this prophecy up. It's about the last days. It's about the end times. The angel says that. Seal it up until the last days, meaning in the last days it's going to be unsealed, because people will run to and fro over the face of the earth and knowledge will increase. Well, I did a deep exploration. I'm just doing this quickly here of all of those words. Many will run to and fro. That word many means uncountable multitude in the Hebrew. To and fro. That means over the entire globe. It comes from the Hebrew word shuat, the same word that speaks of the eyes of God run shuat over the face of the earth. 
earth. Satan was asked, where have you been going in the book of Job? And he says, I've been going shawat over the face of the earth. That means he's been circumnavigating the whole globe. He thinks it's his. So that's what Daniel's told. Uncountable multitudes will go all over the face of the earth, and technology will explode in the last days. It will exponentially multiply. That's what the word means when it says will increase, that Hebrew word. Again, I've done deep studies on this, but I just want people to know that not only did Daniel say that in the Old Testament, but at Jesus, before he goes to the cross in Matthew 24, he quotes from Daniel chapter 12 two or three different times. Again, that's in my book, The Yeshua Protocol, a deep study of that. And then he agrees with it. So even he says that the very last days will be marked by an exponential explosion of technology. Well, Kevin, again, not only were the only generation to see the return of Israel, but it was was with the return of Israel when technology literally exploded. No pun intended, because that whole Israel didn't even come back until the nuclear first nuclear weapon was exploded. And then after that, all of the charts of the exponential growth of technology show that from 1950 on, just two years after Israel's back, from that point to the day we're living in, that growth curve has been exponential off the charts. And in the last 20 years, it's going astronomically off the charts. And, 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 and they're, they're talking about now, as, I'm, as we're doing the show, that the, that the knowledge will double. The amount of knowledge we have will, won't be long. Right now, it's doubling every two years. It used to double every hundreds of years. Prior to that, it doubled every thousands of years. Now it's doubling every two years. And the estimates, as I'm speaking right now, with the age of quantum computing coming, it's going to double, watch this, Kevin, every single day. Now that's coming off of technological sites. It's coming off of scientific sites. Every single day, knowledge is going to double. I can't, I can't, we can't even fathom that. What are we going to be looking at? What's this world going to look like just a few decades from now if and when that happens? You know, before the Lord returns, if that happens. So, But the Bible predicted it. Daniel talked about it. Jesus talked about it. He agreed with Daniel. He quotes from Daniel 12. But another thing Jesus says in Daniel 12, he speaks of the last days, and he says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached and to all the nations, then the end will come. Well, now, I know when we read that for 2,000 years, we've been reading that scripture, and people say, yeah, 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 we got to get out and preach the gospel. we got to send missionaries. Well, back in the day, that meant getting on a ship with sails mm-hmm. and taking six months to get to an island somewhere and be a missionary and live there for 40 years and die and lead five people to the Lord. Okay, and that's what that meant. I mean, and then along comes the age of air travel. They say, oh, look what we can do with missionaries now. We can have them on the other side of the world in two or three, four days now. Uh, yeah, but still. And then finally television was gone international. People saying, oh, yeah, we're preaching to everybody now. And then finally radio, you know, was all over. Yeah, we're preaching. But then came the Internet. And then came social media. Now comes quantum computing right behind it. Now comes the doubling of information every two years and getting ready to double every day. Guess what's right in the middle of it? Of all the evil, of all the filth and perversion that's out there on that technology, guess what's right in the middle of it? The gospel is being preached 24-7 to every nation. 
Even children in the jungles of the Amazon, the jungles of Africa, are running around the jungles with cell phones in their hands. Our missionary teams have seen it. We've talked to them. The governments are shipping them in. They might have a mud hut to live in, but they've got a cell phone connected to the satellites. They're listening. They're watching. They're being indoctrinated into all of the Antichrist system and, and, and social constructs. But at the same time, they're able, if they want to see the gospel, to hear preaching, to listen to Bible teaching, to have Bible apps on their cell phones, and on and on and on and on it goes, 24-7. When I preach, this show we're making right now, it's going to go to the whole world through internet and live stream and all of these things. It's going to be archived. Um, if if the world lingers for 100 years from now, then all this stuff will still be available for somebody that wants to find it. They'll find it in the archives. Why? Technology. What did Jesus say? What did Daniel say? That would be a marker. It has converged with the return of Israel. God said the return of Israel would be the countdown clock. So that is already happening, and that technology and the gospel being preached. I'm going to tell you something else. We're the first generation to ever live in what historians call, not back-channel conspiracy sites, not Carl Gauss making this up. Historians say that we are the first generation to be called the generation of world wars. Why is that? Because the first world war, as we're making this right now, happened just a little over 100 years ago. Well, I mean, some people live to be 100 years old. So, I mean, that's like a whole generation. So, but, but then 20, 30 years later comes World War II, which was nothing more but a continuation of World War I. Now, as we're talking today, the whole world, the headlines of war, every day in the news, people are prognosticating that we're on the verge of World War III. We are the only generation to ever be called the generation of world, literal, global wars. And the technology is increasing to the point that now we can speak something in the desert in a bunker and somebody pushes a button, it sends a signal to a satellite, that sends a signal to a drone on the other side of the world, it shoots a hellfire missile out of it and kills a bunch of people. Fire from heaven is being called down in world war generation. And the Bible predicts all of that. And that that would happen. Jesus said in Matthew 24, the same place where he said this gospel of the kingdom, guess what he starts it with? In those days, what days? The return of the Son of Man. That's when they asked him, said, tell us about your return. He said, in those days, nation will rise up against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be wars and rumors of wars. He's speaking of global warfare, kingdoms against kingdoms with an S, nations against nations with an S. They will rise up all over the world. And then he says, but this gospel of the kingdom is going to be being preached into all the world at that same time. And then the end will come. Now, when I say end, I want our listeners to know, I don't mean the end of everything. I don't mean the, the end of life and happiness. And You know, it, it's, it's the end of man's wicked rule and reign on the face of the earth. It's the end of the Antichrist system. It's the end of sin and, sin and death. It's the beginning of the righteous rule of Jesus Christ according to the word of God. All things being made new. No more pain, no more crying, no more death, no more mourning, Revelation 21 says. The word of God speaks of this. God predicted it himself out of his mouth in the Garden of Eden, Genesis 3.15, when he told Satan, from the womb of a woman is coming a male child that will destroy your kingdom. I will regain what you have stolen. I will bring it back. I will restore everything. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament says even the creation itself groans, longing for the restoration of all things. That's what's going on. Ephesians 1.9 says, behold, 
we know the mystery of God's will. He is bringing everything in heaven and everything on the earth back together again under one head, under Jesus Christ. All of that is promised in the word. And God says, I know that's a bit much for you to wrap your head around. So let me give you the markers. Israel returns. Technology explodes. The gospel is being preached to the nations. The generation of world wars will prevail. When you see those days, you know the time is short. That is us and nobody else before us. Nobody else has. These are truly prophetic days. All you have to do is look in the Bible, yeah, and it's right there. Yes. I didn't make any of this up. I didn't pull this out of my back pocket. It's right there in the Word of God. And tons and tons of renowned scholars agree with what I'm saying. You know, or I agree with them. Let me say that because you know I'm not a renowned scholar, but they are. It could be a scary thing, but it could also be a very comforting thing. Yes, if you belong to the Lord. Right. And so that's what I, I, I beg people, please. Romans 10, 9 says, confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart. God has raised him from the dead. Then you too will be saved. This is Irrelevant Words with Pastor Carl Gallops. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. May the Lord bless you and keep you always. Now more than ever, we need to listen to God. He still speaks through His Word, the Bible. Each week, Pastor Gallops shares what the Word of God is saying. Even now, Irrelevant Word with longtime pastor and best-selling author Carl Gallops. To access Pastor Carl and to listen to his podcast anytime, visit carlgallops.com. Thanks for listening.